we are two anxious counselors because we don't have Macy today. Usually we're three anxious counselors. Yes. We'll be without Macy because she's in doing her wedding planning. Yeah. How did I do? You did great. I knew it you this did all time. The points. Last time, it, yeah, I think you froze. I panicked. No, you, I practiced you did great. this time. Okay. And honestly, Mason, I don't do great a lot of the time. <laughs> it's way harder than it should be. I was during that. Last time, like, I have no idea. I'm excited about this topic. Okay. Because I learned something new. I'm excited that you're excited. Yes. I'm going to share with you about the mystery woman of the Seine, the River Seine in Paris. Oh, okay. So around the end of the 1800s, a young woman's body was um, fished out of the River Seine in Paris. And it was believed that she had taken her own life, but there was really never any information or details because she was never identified. So we don't know anything about her life or what events, you know, led up to that. I mean, she could have been pushed. It could have been an accident. Mm-hmm. We don't know. It's a murder mystery. It's a mystery. Or a mystery. <laughs> yeah. But it's a dead body mystery. It is. It's a mystery. So the pathologist that was on duty at the time when her body came in became so entranced by her face. Hmm because she had like a little half smile like a Mona Lisa and kind of, yeah and kind of looked kind of peaceful oh and so he asked the molder to take a plaster cast of her face mm-hmm. so before long copies of this mask it's called a death mask were for sale all over the place I might have heard about this actually yeah and she became this face um this plaster cast became this face that everyone was inspired by like artists and novelists and poets at the time would write about it she was like a muse and people in society also became entranced and so at that time, if you like had a stylish home, you were gonna have this cast up like in your drawing room yeah. of this face of this dead girl. Isn't that oh, interesting? Yeah. What time period? It's like late 1800s. Okay. In hmm. in France. Okay. She even became the beauty ideal. So at that time, it was thought that death in water was a very romantic concept. Hmm. There's a lot of songs about that. Yeah. About like send me off. The or there's like mythology around the lady in the water, oh, different mm-hmm. things like that. Right. And so death, water, and woman was a tantalizing combination. So mm-hmm. people were intrigued not only with her face, but kind of her backstory mm-hmm. that she was brought out of the river. Mm-hmm. One person at the time, a critic, described her as the erotic ideal of the period. So I feel like that could get dangerous if people are associating eroticism and death and like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like that darkness with this like, I don't know, erotic image. I don't know. And idealizing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it may make people want to jump into the river. Is that what you're getting at? Mm-hmm. Or just like hurt, like, 
almost like the, I don't know, like I'm thinking like raping or like hurting somebody or like, you mm, know, like, thinking of, like twisting those two things Killers together. who like, yeah, like want to kill. Like get sexual sex. pleasure. Yeah, something like that. Violence. Yeah, yeah. that's creepy. So there was a whole generation of girls who modeled their looks after her. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. Are you? I need. I'm like. I want to see this picture. Okay. Here's the death mask. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's like an almost like eerie peacefulness to it. Yeah, and like almost a little happy. <laughs> Interestingly, doesn't it? Like a little. Kind of um, looks like the eyes are slightly smiling and the mouth is slightly smiling. Yeah, that's very interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's like this peaceful look to it mm-hmm. where you wouldn't think that if something like that. Right. Oh. Yes. Okay. So let's talk more about death masks because I didn't really know anything about that. I was also thinking about, um, I've heard about um, like the CPR dummy. I'm getting to that. Oh, okay. Where they like took that face off of from a dead body or something. Right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I've heard of that one too. There. So these death masks were not made after every death. The main purpose of the death mask from the middle ages until the 19th century was just a, as a model for sculptures to create statues and busts of like well-known people, mm. you know, people that were royalty or something something like that so it wasn't until the 1800s that the masks became valued for themselves mm-hmm. so from the 1800s and beyond um, these could be like a memento like a family would have or a way to like honor mm-hmm. the people it wasn't just like oh we need to capture this so we can make a sculpture later mm-hmm. the mass of themselves were valued so these death masks show the subject's facial expression immediately after death. Mm. They record the very real contours at their time of death. It's very scary because I'm sure some are really like distorted or contorted and mm-hmm. creepy images. And then why would you want your loved one like in the corner like <laughs> agonizing <laughs> facial features? Yeah, like no, I don't want that. So it was important that the death masks were made very quickly because the features become distorted very soon after death. Oh, you would think that you would like want to, you know how they, for like funerals, like make somebody look pleasant. Mm, yeah. They have like an open casket. So it's like, if you wanted to capture your loved one's like last appearance, you'd kind of want to like fix their face a little so they looked pleasant, but they wanted to like get the actual reaction of death. They wanted the immediacy. Uh. And they were made of wax or plaster. That's creepy. So they might be displayed at funerals um, or, you know, it might be just hung on your living room wall. Mm-mm. And in this case, people had it hanging on their wall and it wasn't even their family member. It was just a popular art at the time. It was like the fashion. Like you had to have... The, uh, that girl uh, that girl's death mask yeah many many copies were made and sold just in france mostly or probably... all over europe is my take okay yeah probably germany england all those places around there like you're not fancy unless you have this girl's death mask hanging on your wall yes 
Yeah. Like, who even are you? <laughs> Nobody. And she was called L'Inconnu de la Seine, which is the unknown of the Seine, because she was a mystery. What's the name of the river? The Seine? The River Seine, yes. Seine. So these um, death masks were later replaced with photography (laughs) (laughs) so that they could record the features of an unknown course in a more modern way. So in this case, you know, it was done, I think, because the person was unknown to maybe help identify Mm -hmm. them later, but also Mm -hmm. because supposedly the pathologist was very intrigued by the incognito. So originally they were doing it so that they could use that as like an identification system, mm-hmm. but that girl's just it blew it. up. Yeah. It went viral. Yeah, so it went viral. <laughs> In the cases of people whose faces were damaged by their death, instead they would do a cast of the hands. Okay. Which is interesting. Mm. That's a little less intense. So if you make a, a cast of somebody who's living, it's called a life mask. These other ones are called death masks. And if you go to the Museum of the Order of St. John in London, this is the it's on display, so you can actually hmm. see it. I would love to see it in real life. Yeah. See, that just shows how it is interesting and intriguing. I don't know. It's something about it. You're just it's like, something interesting. Yeah. That's, I mean, obviously disturbing things. Would you hang that on your living room wall? I mean, probably back when it was like, you're not popular unless you have that. <laughs> I'd probably be like, I need that. Yes. But now, I don't think so. I don't know. It's, would you? No. I'd be creeped out walking past it. Like, it would be like kind of following me. Yeah, I feel like I would be really uh, connected to the death aspect. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't and know I if I need that in my yeah, face all the time. No. So before the inconnu was buried in a pauper's grave because she was never identified, mm. she was displayed in a Paris morgue window. Mm. So at this time, in the late 1800s in Paris, the morgue window was the place to be. If you had like a lot of money or famous or something. No, like if if you're dead and nobody knows who you are. Oh. So they so had a big window. Like, That's a person. Yep. They had a big glass window, like a department store. And they had these like up to a dozen oh. like uh slabs that were laid out in there, kind of up at an angle, and the unidentified dead people were displayed in there with the hopes that somebody would come along and, and, claim, I, them. and claim them and identify them. And so they were naked, except for, like, a little covering of the bits. Wow. And then the clothes that they were found in were also on display separately. So I don't know why they weren't... Maybe to see if there's markings that you recognize, like a scar well, or something. Well, if somebody knew that this my person, or last time I saw them, they were wearing this outfit. I know, but why are they... Why did they take the clothes off? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, maybe, like, there's, like, a scar or a tattoo. But it's, like, you could probably figure it out unless their face was messed up. Yeah. I feel like you shouldn't... Do people have tattoos that much? They shouldn't be naked unless their face was messed up. That's weird. They're all naked. 
but a little like covering for modesty. Oh no, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I'm we not need to sure. know more. Yeah, so they have these like leather loin cloths. Weird. Covering them up, hmm. and then there was a pipe above each bed that would trickle cold water over their faces. I think to keep them from fresh? decomposing. Yeah, oh. keep them fresh. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, how long do they display them for before they're like, okay, we got to get this thing done? This is just conjecture, but I'm just thinking a week. I don't know. I don't know how cold that water is. And their eyes were closed, so they at least they weren't like staring out. That is so creepy. But, you know, you could see the evidence of how they died. Like if they drowned, there might be swelling. Bullet holes. Yeah, bullet holes, stabbings, you know, if it was an industrial accident. Maybe that's part of the nakedness is to see like the like what happened. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Weird. So crowds of people would gather outside the window staring at the bodies. So theoretically, the purpose was to try to identify these corpses, but it really became very popular. Uh, people would bring, there'd be like snack vendors. Ew. People would bring be like their kids. No, it was like a whole thing. Like you'd make a day out of it. Like, wow. you know hang out, bring a picnic, well, bring I mean, family. It makes me think of, you know, when they would have, like, the town displays of, like, hangings or hangings, like, yeah. You know, and everyone yeah. come out to, like, watch and see and it was, like, an You'd event. bring a picnic lunch, too, I think, to that. Like, like a guillotine thing. Yeah. Yeah, everyone's out there. Public execution. Public execution. Yeah, execution. Or even, like, you well, know. They didn't, they didn't have, you know, social media then, so I guess it's kind of their version. Well, and I think just people's curiosity with death and you don't see it and you want to, like, kind of, I don't know, like, um, see what happens. Feel I guess, yeah, just observe human. Something. I don't know. The morgue was listed at that time in tourist guidebooks as one of the city's unmissable attractions. Attraction, yeah, see. Or even, like, you know, like the gladiator games and, like, the medieval times, like, jousting, it's, like, it would be events to watch people and now like fight, like, you know, watch UFC fights and yeah. there's something about like. So then you tell like, the kids, we're going into the city. Yeah. Your picnic. And then you'd go there. There'd be like hot your popcorn. peanuts or popcorn. There'd be like someone juggling maybe on the side. <laughs> and you just go watch the death display. And you'd, yeah, stare at the dead people. I wouldn't bring my kids to see that. I don't think. But you never know. It was different times. No, maybe you would have. So around the same time that this was the place to see the unmissable attraction, this was when industrialization was starting up. Mm -hmm. And so more people were coming to the city to live from the countryside to work in the factories. And also it meant that there was a lot more accidental deaths in the factories. So you might have machines misfunction, train accidents, suffocations by coal smoke. Mm -hmm. So these kind of accidents became more and more common. And since some of these people were dying far from home, nobody knew who they were. I was going to say, wouldn't their employers know? Like, I think back then they didn't really do background track. checks. <laughs> I don't think they had social security numbers or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Like I think you would just show up and work and maybe people know your name was John and that was it. Yeah. That's all they knew about you. 
and then you die, and then they nobody knows who you are, and they strip you down and put you in the window, window. <laughs> and hope your family so comes awesome. in and like we haven't had a letter from John in quite a while. So then I would wonder if people are missing a loved one. They're like, we better head out to the city and exactly. check the window. We better check the window. I guess so. I mean, it makes sense if you kind of think back at those times without technology like we have. Yeah. You can't just call around to the hospitals. Yeah. Or, you know, just send them a text. Hey, where are you? No, got to check the window. Yes. So uh, it was commented on the time that you go there to see the drowned as elsewhere you go to see the latest fashion. Hmm. And someone else at the time observed, the morgue is a spectacle within the reach of every purse in which poor and rich passerby alike can get for free. The door is open. Whoever wants to can come in. So it is kind of a great equalizer, death. Hmm. And in this case, the viewing of death. Yeah. Can't take your money with you. So when it was time to change the bodies, the curtains were closed. And then, like, that was a big moment to be there when there was a new reveal. Because oh. they would swap out the bodies. And it's like, oh, who's it going to be? Wow. So then the, the curtains would be pulled back to reveal a whole new set of bodies on display. Wow. So let's get there early for the new reveal. You want to get up front. You want to get a good seat. So writer and photographer at the time wrote, the kids who go there as they would go to a theatrical representation call the exhibited corpses the artists. If the exhibition room happens to be empty, they say the theater is temporarily closed today. Wow. The theater. Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. So... I I read something about this that kind of made me switch my mindset about things. And I know last week we talked about how it's, you know, people don't really change their mind very often. Right. Mm -hmm. But I feel like when you have your I do you change my mind. <laughs> Maybe too often. If you <laughs> if you get better at it, flip flopper. <laughs> I'm probably into a little bit. I mean, I feel like I, I feel like you can be convinced. Like I hear something and then it'll resonate with me, and I'm like, oh yeah, I, th I, you know, I think that way too. And then you know, I feel like I can I, change. I'm not like so stuck in my views. Yeah, I'm not a rigid person. I think yeah. it's because we are able to have empathy and see things from different perspectives. Being therapists, being able to kind of put yourself in someone else's shoes and take on a different view and then you can kind of yeah. see where they're coming from and then if you like that view better you're like all right I'm sorry. I do that does that mean I don't have any solid core beliefs I don't know I don't want to be wishy-washy but I know I feel like I read this paragraph and it kind of changed my outlook so yeah like thinking about true crime. Wait, what's it called in the political? Flip flopping. There's, is there another word though? Is I there? guess it's flip flopping. I feel like there's another. Is there word. another word? Yeah, but Probably. flip flopping is good. We'll go with that. Okay. <laughs> Can't continue. I'll think about it. So, thinking about true crime as like a genre or you know a, a world. Yeah. So people have really been saying like, oh, true crime. It's, so became so popular, like, you know, a few years ago, like, mm -hmm. oh, it's so popular. Mm -hmm. and a lot of shows about it now. 
as shows, podcasts, like everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've always been kind of into that stuff. But then as it became more popular, I started like questioning of why how I felt about that and like even kind of changing how I presented on the podcast because I didn't. I felt like I didn't want to be exploitative or like overly graphic unnecessarily. Like I felt like I became really sensitive to like, this is somebody's story. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and like it's how not just I entertainment. Yeah. If that like actually was something I went through. Mm-hmm. And then I read this paragraph and I'm like, maybe I'm, what am I thinking that? Then what I think too is in like all the ghost hunter shows and everything when it's almost like they want their story to be hurt. You know, they want to get out the truth and they want people to like, you know, figure out who did it or if something happened and it wasn't completely solved. It's like, I feel like that that's always one of the messages of yeah. like, the dead is like, we want our story to be known. So is that bad yeah. to like have it out there where people are trying to figure it out? Yes. And so uh, not always, but I have intentionally chose true crime stories to tell because I felt like maybe there wasn't enough press about it. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's a person of color or maybe it's an unsolved case and somebody mm-hmm. might know something. Right. So I tried to be intentional about it, but then I read these couple paragraphs here. Okay. So at this time, this morgue was like a visual, like it went along with the newspapers at the time. So the newspapers could report on a murder and then you could go and see the the murder person put the pictures of the display in the paper or you have to go i don't think they have photography at this time i think they had sketches okay so you could read about the murder in the paper and then go to the morgue to view the the victim's bodies Mm -hmm. and at this time so this is 1800s it was extremely popular True crime is not like as everybody in the mainstream media has said, not just the thing that just suddenly became popular five years ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. So people were very into this. They're into crime, they were into scandals. It was very popular. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it, in Paris, the wax museum was the place to go, and they would recreate waxen scenes of recent murders. And so you could go. And see that, and everybody was into Have it. Have you been to a wax museum? Oh, yeah. They creep me out. I mean, I haven't actually gone, I don't think, into a full wax museum. And I, yeah. Isn't it? On the pier in San Francisco, they have, like, the one that has, like, famous people. Okay. I went into some kind of weird... Fisherman's Wharf down there. Mm-hmm. And then there's the one in Vegas, Madame Tussauds. But, yeah. Have you been there? No, I've never Is that gone. the one that has the Princess Diana one? I don't, I've never been in them, but the idea of them creeps me out. Like, it kind of I would totally go with you. I would go, but it just definitely gives me the creeps. Well, there's a wax museum I remember going to on a field trip in, like, sixth grade, but I could never find it again, so I don't know if it was a fever dream. Oh, maybe. But in my mind, and I've even been to this corner in Chinatown, and I'm like, Mm -hmm. I swear there was a (gasps) wax museum here. So this wax museum in Chinatown... (laughs) I don't know because I've never found it again. Weird. Or was uh, a wax museum that showed Chinese torture scenes. Oh. And they had like this crazy sound system that would have like people like, 
wailing in pain or, you know, yeah. all these sound effects. We did go to Salem, Massachusetts, where they had all the, like, what, it's like a Massachusetts? Witch. Massachusetts. <laughs> There's not even alcohol in this, is there? Yes, there is. Is there? Oh, I thought this was just this a regular. Cider. I thought it was just a regular cider. Oh, my gosh. You must have a high tolerance. What is the? My. Um, it's like 8.5. Oh, well, that maybe that's why. 8.4. Maybe that's why you can't pronounce Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> that's from the whole. My whole. This is um, Space Giraffe. This is my favorite cider. Oh, OK. Um. Yeah, my whole dad's side of the family is over on the East Coast. Oh and God. so um, when I was younger, we went to Salem, Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a cool town and it has um Love to just go. like little like shops where they like sell witch like hats and things and um they have like a like the mock witch trials and then they have like these wax figures and mm -hmm. um we'll have like wax figures do inside like the courtroom and then like a recording of like you are you know accused of being a witch and you know you're gonna go burn or hang and yeah, and even that I remember being That's really disturbing. creepy. Yeah, I was like creeped out as a kid, but it was also really fascinating. Intriguing. Cool. Right. I was like, I really want to go back and see it now. Well, one day. I would so, anyway, the wax, they had wax museums. We went off on a tangent. Well, I would go with, to one with you. Let's do it. Do they have one around here? That would be a no. good field trip. Can you imagine what it would be like? <laughs> like the shittiest wax museum ever. Like when we used to have a zoo here, it was like <laughs> like two figures. It was like some deer and squirrels. <laughs> like these animals were only here because they were unfortunately standing there when they put the fence up. <laughs> yeah, that would be sad. All so right. this is the paragraph that really okay. kind of changed my view on oh. on true crime. Yes. And is it okay to lecture on? So this article was like, what did people feel when they were gathered in front of the plate glass window to stare at the anonymous courses, hmm. corpses? You know, you might think that they're just kind of gawkers and you know what I mean? I think there's a range of people's emotions and what their intention is of being there. So newspapers at that time did not describe the people as like just being gawkers and nosy and morbid curiosity. Mm -hmm. The newspapers at the time said that people were there because they were driven by empathy mm -hmm. and were concerned and they had a strong moral sense. So it they were felt drawn there as a as an act of solidarity born out of tragedy. Hmm. So it was feeling so like, oh my God, people, like, like, this sad. horrible thing happened and, and I'm, I'm here with you connecting. I think there's a range. I think that's part of the people, but I think there's different reasons. So at the time it was written in one of the journals, we all loved each other for a few hours because we cried together. Why can we not continue to do so? So it was unification through humanity, okay. through this, like, we can all agree that this is a horrible tragedy that happened. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of made me rethink kind of how I've distanced myself a little bit from the true crime genre. Mm -hmm. um, it's like, no, that's what it could be. It doesn't necessarily need to be morbid curiosity 
and you know gawking it can be just like that that feeling of pain of oh my gosh this person went through that and like that connects us it's humans i think that's part of it but i also think that there is a morbid curiosity and i also think there's this idea of when we're we're yeah it's this curiosity of this these ways these are ways that i could pass you know so it's like you are curious to know like uh something like this happens to me i kind of want to see what that looks like possibly and kind of like looking at like the different ways that like what it would look like if you drowned or yeah it's like a it's like almost this mirror thing where you're like oh i want to see like so i know like this is how like different ways that it could happen to me and so it's almost like preparing you for death a little bit more by like staring at it possibly but also the empathy I think that's a big part of it it's like you do you know connect with these people and feel sad for them and well I think we in modern society like western cultures are very separated from death yeah unhealthily so I agree. Where people just pretend like it's not even going to happen or it's not there. I don't want to look at it. It's yeah. like this avoidance. We have this whole false sense of security and, you know, immortality. We had our water main re- is being replaced. Mm-hmm. So they shut off our water mm-hmm. on Monday for like the whole day. It's like my water heater. We the had to day. shut the water off. Yeah. I don't even appreciate water as much. As no, it'll just. I mean, coming off of, and then we just had all those fire fires where you know I'm in a panic. I went out and like bought three cat carriers just in case, even though the fire was 15 miles away. Because mm-hmm. I'm just like I need to be prepared. That's my stress response is preparation. Yeah. And so it just, and then that water thing happened, and I'm like. We are so fucking helpless mm-hmm. in modern society. Like, we have such a false sense of security. Mm-hmm. And we could barely function for a day without water. I'm like, well, I got to go to the store and get a jug of water so I can make some tea and, you know, brush my teeth. And my it was just so... boiled water and took it in the <laughs> yeah. shower and did, like, a, this yeah. kind of a shower. This is like... like, this is back in, like, the olden days. Yeah. Like, this is like eight yeah, hours. I'm leaving like water. Water. It was yeah. like one day without. Yeah, exactly. One day, and like we have, we're so dependent on water service, uh, electricity, heat, cool, like having a roof that protects us from the elements. Like we, everything's regulated. We cannot function. <laughs> yeah. And it's such a false sense of security because you just assume it's always going to be there, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it cannot be. Like all the poor people that you know, lost their homes and are still evacuated, living in tents, you know? I mean, it's just such a, like... We always talk, like, when we watch Yellow Jackets, I'm always like, how would I be in a survival situation? Yeah, how would you be? I mean, I don't really want to know. I have to, like, like, figure that out, but I do, I wonder, like, how that would... I don't do well with being cold. I know that. I've been in situations where I've been out in the cold, and it sucks. Yeah. Because I used to run away when I was a teenager from mm-hmm. home and sometimes be outside. And you were like, okay, I'm going to go back because I don't want to be cold. Or I would get into a bad situation just mm-hmm. to get out of the cold. The cold. Yeah. yeah. I don't like being cold. So those survivor shows, when they're out there in the cold, I'm like, mm, no, I'd be like. After day one. Right wait for the red Yeah. But no, so we're like, yeah, we're disconnected from just. This reality of, uh, <laughs> disconnecting from death and not being able to like 
I don't know. Just I think we're just disconnected. Just yeah. So this thing, like going to look at the dead bodies, like we don't have anything like that now necessarily, but true crime is a way to mm-hmm. see that, mm-hmm. you know, to see the horrors that happen, I, I guess. I thought about this too, because I'm definitely fascinated by watching true crime and just kind of personally just knowing the mind of a killer and like how can this person become this that's the and piece i am obsessed with obsessed with like what turned this person into the yes. monster making those choices yeah and how can how can we as humans have this within us that can make you do these awful things and that yeah, part is just like the nature nurture piece fascinates me because mm-hmm. i want to think it's always something that happened <laughs> But then some cases they say nothing happened, but we don't really know. We're not following them around 24-7. Yeah, I think if they would have had, you know, all the support in place to be able to help them not get to that level. Yeah, would things be different? Yeah. So, but yeah, and then working with teenagers and kids, I always want to be like, okay, well, what are the signs so I can catch it if I worked with somebody that could become that so we can stop it that was part of it definitely like a piece of it but then also just yeah that empathy and you know just wondering about like oh this is what it looked like if I was to go through something kind of preparing your mind of what that looks like I don't know I think there's a lot of reasons it's complicated mm-hmm. all right so you already um uh, spoiled the surprise on this but let's talk about it okay rescue annie Oh, okay. That's good. So in 1955, Asmund Lairdal saved his son's life. His son was drowning in the water, and just in time, he got him out and cleared the airways. So he was a Norwegian toy manufacturer and specialized mm-hmm. in making children's dolls and model cars from mm-hmm. what was new at the time, like soft, malleable plastics. Mm-hmm. So also around this time, Dr. Peter Seifar, who was a pioneer in emergency medicine, developed a method of mouth-to-mouth resuscitation combined with chest depressions. And so he presented this in 1958, this new technique, and really felt like this method could be used not just by medical professionals, but by everybody to save a life. Mm -hmm. And that if everybody was trained in these techniques that he developed, that it could really make a difference. And so he envisioned teaching people with a life-size doll that so that they could practice this on. Mm-hmm. So he approached the toy maker with the idea of developing a realistic mannequin for this CPR training, mm-hmm. cardio cardiopulmonary resuscitation. So he wanted the doll to have a natural appearance, and he felt that the a female doll would be less threatening to trainees because you have to do like the mouth breathing thing. Okay. Mouth to mouth part. And so this toy maker remembered seeing the death mask of the Inconyu mm-hmm. on his grandparents' wall. Because oh. <laughs> everybody had it. 
Because who were you? Instagram if you didn't have it, must have been really cool. <laughs> yes, they were really cool. Obviously, stylish, yeah. fashionable folk. Okay. And he remembered seeing that, and he decided that the inconnu would become the face of um, what was called in Europe resuscitate Annie. So. If you've been training CPR, you've probably had your mouth on Annie's on mouth. Annie's mouth. And so Rescue Annie is considered the most kissed woman in history. So here's the picture. Look, it's the same freaking face. <clears throat> Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Is, haven't they made a guy version now? Yeah, there's other versions. Okay. But this That's is like the original. Like the baby. Yeah, Which... the baby where you do it with two fingers. Yeah. Do, 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 do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know Michael Jackson's song, Smooth Criminal? Yes. Where it says, Annie, are you, Annie, okay? Are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? Annie, are you That's okay? from the CPR training. Wow. Isn't that, that interesting That's trivia? That's a fun little tidbit. Yes. <laughs> so CPR um, is really important work. Okay, wait. So Annie, who is Annie again? Well, they just named the CPR doll Annie. Oh, so is that face was the death mask? Yes. Yet? So that's still her. That's yes. Her. Isn't that interesting? Or Annie. Yeah. Whoa, that is crazy. So it's really a life to death life to death cycle i just wonder who this woman is and how like if she would have been alive like was she going to be some famous model that everybody like worshipped but since she died early she still was like this person but she's saving lives it's like she still like made this huge impact after death like not just everybody wanted her on their wall but then turned into the cpr doll that everybody still Use it, yeah, like use it to train to save people's lives. So it's yeah, I wonder like it's if that person so would have been as impactful in life as she was in death. Like what her fate was. Yeah. Yeah. And what happened? I want to know what happened. I want to know too. I mean, really, it's either accident, <laughs> murder, murder, or suicide. suicide. Those are only three. I don't oh, know. I mean, at the time, me. they thought, you know, that she took her own life, but who really knows? It's not the other part of the true crime. It's like, I want to know. I want justice. Like, I want to know what happened. Yeah. Thing. You know, I want justice. Yeah, I think that's another piece of it. Because there's yeah. a lot going into being curious about true crime. Well, I think that really, if we think about, I mean, our society is so fucking divided right now. I can't stand it. Like everything, why does everything have to be a polarizing, divisive issue? But this is something like life and death that could bring people together potentially. Mm -hmm. Like at that time, everybody was coming together at those windows and feeling a sense of humanity for a moment, coming together, crying together over, you know, what happened with these people that was like the guy what was the show um with the guy who lost his daughter and then so he started the show to like um get people to like figure out what happened missing is it missing person oh his son his son got kidnapped yeah adam was his son and they never found him right it was was like a famous god what's the name of that show it's like 
But I don't know that the Unsolved guy... Unsolved Mysteries yes, or something. I think that's it. Unsolved Mysteries. And the guy's voice was just, like, so scary. Like, you were just... He's that. very... Yes, he would draw you in. You would pay attention and stop his son. But then, yeah. hopefully, by doing that show, he got people to find... It's such a great example of taking all of that powerlessness and mm-hmm. just devastation and kind of pivoting and putting it into something mm-hmm. positive. Because that's what you can do. No. It's take the next step forward. You can't go back. You can't change anything. Mm-mm. Well, that was a good topic. Thank you. Very interesting. The death mask. Gosh. I know. I think mine would be all. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> I am not going to, unless I fall die in my sleep, I, I am not going quietly. <laughs> I'm going to be like, fuck that. No. Okay, we wrote down our thing so we don't forget. Oh, disturbing meter. All right, what do you think on that one? Oh. Hmm. I mean, I'm gonna go with like a eight just for the fact of people hanging the death masks on their walls. Isn't that weird? And I guess the part where people are just going and just I mean, the part where people are going and observing, I mean, it makes sense to me in a weird way. There's worse so, stuff on YouTube right now that gets millions of views. Yeah, I know. We didn't even get into the um, faces of death and all that creepiness. Ugh. How, yeah, that is not okay. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. I think the whole morbid curiosity versus that connection through empathy i don't know i think i'm gonna have to go an eight too mm-hmm. like as a whole Whatever so i because i kind of took over but you're saying that you're now where did you go from where did you flip flop to well i flipped and flopped and flipped again okay because first i was i mean i've, I've always been in a murderer and serial killers right. and all that like since i was born practically yeah but then just in the last but few years I've kind of been like no but when you back got into it why it. what was your thoughts on it before what oh I just wanted curiosity. all the graphic details I well, wanted everything well more uh, curiosity. all the things that you've mentioned too like trying to understand it oh. mm-hmm. um maybe if I can understand it it won't happen to me I mean so many reasons yeah, yeah so many reasons you know trying mm-hmm. to understand how a person can do the things uh-huh. like get there right from being an innocent babe to yeah you know all the reasons right just deep into it mm-hmm. like wanted all the details and then oh. i started like as the true crime genre popularities picked up like a few years ago i started thinking is this okay you know and i started really thinking especially sharing modern stories yeah where people are still alive that mm-hmm. are living you know with the residue of whatever happened like it should we be because it's exploiting promoting, promoting that yes for entertainment purposes yes but when you look at it through lens of because we're having empathy in the situation then it made me think differently so now you're like okay with it again i'm more okay than i was yeah i i was all in and i backed up uh-huh. and i'm partially back in. you're back in but with more of like an word like a different Okay. Spin on it. Like looking at it through a different lens. Okay. I like it. Yes, because especially if I choose stories to talk about that I do feel that 
empathy and that human connection with, mm-hmm. then maybe that is something that can bring and, us together. And I agree there is this like balance where because I was watching, I think it was like Mind Hunters or something, and it was just like so dark. And it was really graphic. And even for me, I was like, I need to take like a break and I don't want to be too in it because then that's almost like pulling you into this like dark space. Yeah. So yeah, you have to find this balance. Yeah, interesting. Mm -hmm. So I think I'll definitely, you know, continue to just be intentional with Mm -hmm. it. If you didn't listen to our last episode, we talked about confirmation bias and cow tipping. Have you heard of it? Mm, oh, yeah. <gasps> I didn't do my homework. I did. <laughs> I asked Paul. I was going to, and then I forgot, but I'll do it this week. I was all casual. Like, <laughs> have you heard of cow tipping? And right away, he's like, oh, yeah. When I lived over in Bellevue, yeah, like my roommates and this and that. And I'm like, well, it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> and then what was the surface bar? <laughs> I think I, I kind of burst a bubble or something. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm gonna yeah. You gotta do it. I'll do it. But you have to really just kind of be neutral about it. Have you heard of cow tipping? Yeah. And then count <laughs> and then you pounce. And then you in for the kill. It's not real. Lure him in to the trap and then slam the door shut. And then crush the dream. Yes. Crush the Um if you yeah. want to support us financially, it, be our Patreon person. It's only a dollar and you can watch the video of this amazingness. And also exclusive mm-hmm. content like other videos and other different things. If you want to leave us a review that's positive, do so. <laughs> if you hate us, you can just not just review quietly it. Walk yeah, just quietly walk away. Yeah, just quietly walk away. And uh, oh, until next time. That's the last one. Until next time. I wrote it down on the whiteboard and we hit all the points. I like that. Because we usually miss probably you can just keep that up there and then just erase the topics. Well, no, because I have to see clients in here, so I can't oh, that. Never mind. Okay. Usually it's the CBT triangle up oh, there. right. Okay. Yeah. Um, until next time. <clears throat> Learn CPR. Mm-hmm. Everybody should do it. It saves lives. It really does. Mm-hmm. But if you have an AED, that's better. And if you're going to watch true crime, practice empathy in the process and don't like go too dark into it yeah don't be just like rubbernecking the situation yeah like have a balance there yes okay. Bye. Bye, and don't like go too dark into it yeah don't be just like rubbernecking the situation yeah like have a balance there yes okay. Bye. Bye,